Good morning, StorySide. Morning, love to see all of your beautiful faces this morning. In fact, give me a favor, look at the person sitting next to you and just tell them I'm so glad that you get to sit next to me. They are honored to sit next to you today. I'm honored to be here today. My name is Pastor Chad. I uh, oversee our Ontario location. And this morning, I just want to say welcome to everybody here that's in the house with us and everybody that is online this morning. Um, also, I want to just recognize our lead pastors, our vision pastors. Uh, we're just so thankful for Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel. Let's give it up for them this morning. We love you so much. Thank you for all that you have done for us. I know personally from my wife and my family, we would not be where we are today if it wasn't for Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel and his whole family. Uh, I heard a joke one time that said uh, our, four, uh, our fourth grade celebrated his birthday on crutches. So he couldn't carry the cupcakes into the school without help. So the father asked his older brother, the sixth grader Noah, to help his brother carry them in. Noah replied, I could, but I'd prefer not to. So the father, you know, noticed the teaching moment and said to Noah, what would Jesus do? Noah answered, Jesus would heal him so he could carry his own cupcakes. <laughs> he would heal him. So, um, but before we, before we uh, get into this message, as we continue the book of Luke, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to be in your house today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this atmosphere, into our lives, into our family. And today, we just thank you for all that you have been doing, all that you are doing today, and all that you will continue to do in our lives. In your holy name, we pray, Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. So as we've been going through the book of Luke, you're going to see over and over in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus can put people's lives back together. Doesn't matter how broken they are, He is the master. He is, he is the one that can put them all back together. And it's so appealing to me that He continues to forgive the hurting, that He continues to bring the broken back. And the passage we're going to read here in Luke chapter 5 it's the faith of friends who would not stop until their friend got to Jesus. And how Jesus puts a man's life back together again through healing and the forgiveness of his sins. Let's read together in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. It says, On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. 
But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let down with his bed through the tiles into the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, everyone say their faith. When he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are, are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of God, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed. I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been laying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. I'm so glad Jesus is in the business of doing extraordinary things today. As he did yesterday, he's still doing it today, and he's going to do it, continue to do it tomorrow. As we read this scripture in Luke chapter 5, you're going to realize a, a, a couple of things. First of all, there's a new crowd. So we'll, we'll read of Jesus teaching, and, and he's preaching the gospel, and he, and he, comes, to, he comes to offer access to the kingdom uh, and this day is no different than any other day, except that there is a new crowd that is following Jesus. Luke is giving you this information here because it's important to know that it wasn't just a couple of the Pharisees. It wasn't just a couple of the teachers of the law, but the Bible says that they came from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, from all of those villages. And this wasn't by accident at all that they just showed up one day. They weren't just walking by and like, whoo, wait, there's a guy, let's go follow him. No, this was premeditated. They, they planned this. It's obvious that word about who Jesus is has gotten out. Because the ministry of Jesus attracted not only the sick and the brokenhearted, but it also attracted the Pharisees it attracted the teachers of the law, the Jewish of the Jewish law, who came to scrutinize Jesus. And the Pharisees and teachers decided to pay a little bit closer to the teachings of this traveling man called Jesus. This isn't just a normal crowd. They're, they're scouting him out. As we read about this story, we're going to read that Jesus is, is sitting in a house Right, he's teaching, he's talking, and there's only standing room crowd only. There's no room for anyone to get into this room, into this house that Jesus is there talking and teaching. It's jammed to the rafters. People are pretty much hanging out the windows. They're spilling into the street. Let me tell you this morning, StorySide, they are breaking fire code, right? 
You can't get anyone else in there. They're breaking fire. Everything, it's, it's coming out the door. It's going around the house, probably even into the neighbor's house. Uh, it is just jam-packed. I want you to just visualize how many people, just wasn't a couple, but multitudes of people being there. And the Bible says that some men were bringing on a bed. Some men were bringing on a bed a man who had been paralyzed. And just, just to kind of put it in other words, friends were bringing their friend to Jesus. The Bible says that they went to seek Jesus. They were wanting to bring their friend who was laying on a bed to Jesus. Now when they get there, they notice something they noticed exactly what we just envisioned a few moments ago. They noticed that there were a lot of people there. They probably are walking up. They hear the crowds. They probably see it, and they're, they're wondering what is going on. These friends are carrying their friends to Jesus. This morning, I want you to understand this, that your friends matter. Your friends matter. Proverbs 18.24 says, Some friends pretend to be friends, but a true friend sticks closer than a brother. And in Proverbs 27.17, it says, Just as iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens the character of his friend. They came carrying their paralyzed friend to Jesus. It will tell you that as they were there, they were getting closer. It was hard for them. The Bible says that they could find no way. They get to the outside of this house as they're carrying. They've probably been carrying them for a while. They get to the outside of this house, even to the outside of the town. They notice this, and they're noticing that there's no way for them to get to Jesus. There's no way. The Bible says no way. They couldn't get in the door. They were probably asking people, excuse me, can I, can, I, can I get by here? Excuse me, excuse me. No one's letting them get closer to Jesus. The crowd was too massive and they're finding no way. They're being denied. They're being stopped. There's no access because of the crowd, because of the people. I love this part of the message because it says, but finding no way they, they kept going. They kept going. I started to think about this. What would my friends do if they were bringing me to Jesus? Would they keep going or would they just kind of stop and be like, hey, peace out, see ya? The only reason I'm here today is because of the people who carried me. The only reason I'm where I'm at today is because my family, my friends kept praying for me. They kept believing in what God had for me. That is why I'm here today. And I'm thankful for those, for those prayers. The Bible says that but by finding no way, they kept going. By finding no way, they, they kept believing. They, they were going to find a way. See, I know that there have been times in my life where I've, I would have had some friends who would have looked at me and said, hey, Chad, man, good luck, but we're going to put you right here because that, that line is worse than Cedar Point. 
right? That, that line is worse than any line you'd ever been in before. Like, hey, good luck, but we're just going to leave you here. Maybe somebody else will take you this. We brought you this far. Somebody else can take you the rest. They could have looked at the crowd and said, you know what? Hey, why don't we just lay you here? I'm going to go check out some stuff. We'll come back later. But the Bible says that they, finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up. I know that they went on top of the roof, but how many times in our life when, when situations happen, when we get the news that we don't want to get, when, when something happens and it seems like there's no way, how many times do we go up? We need to be able to learn to be able to go up to Jesus and ask. And so the Bible says that they went up. They went up to tear the roof off. Right? They found a way. They were like, listen, we can't go in the front door. It's blocked. We can't go in the back door. It's blocked. We can't, go, we can't climb in the windows because people are hanging on the windows. So what we'll do, we'll go up. And it says that they went up and then they're climbing to the roof. Right, I could see, I could see these people carrying this mat of these uh, of this of their friend and people on, in the house, and they're on the roof, and you could hear them coming down. I could see, me, you know, Jesus still teaching, still still teaching everyone, and and you know, once on the roof, they begin to um, to, to start making their own home improvements. I could imagine somebody on the roof right at that time be like, hey, this is a great place for a, for a skylight. Let's make one right here, right? They start, they start tearing the roof off, right? They're, they're making a hole in the roof because they want, they, want to, they want to get their friend to Jesus. Then, you know, as they're, st- they're tearing the roof off, you know, it's not an easy job at that time. They've already been carrying their friends this whole time. They're going to continue to go. I could just see Jesus, just imagine with me today, I could see Jesus, you know, just in there, in the house at this time, and and debris, and mud, and dirt starts falling down, there's commotion, there's probably people in the house wondering, what's going on, is is the roof caving in, people are just, are worried about what's going on, and at that moment, as Jesus and the other people are, are wiping away, the dirt and the debris from their face, a mat, a bed, is being lowered down in front of Jesus. Now this man is probably, who, who the Bible says he's paralyzed, he may cannot move a lot of his body, maybe he's just looking around, just looking for Jesus. The faces of the concerned, you know, uh, uh, the faces of the four men who are still on the top, who are slowly lowering down. Their arms are straining as they they get it slowly so they don't fall and drop them. And when it gets down low enough, the man is being seen lying on the bed. And the Bible says, and when they saw their faith, The Bible says when he saw their faith, Jesus saw the faith of the men who were lowering down their friend. When he saw their faith, 
I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, when four true hearts are set upon the spiritual good of a sinner, their holy hunger will break through some stone walls or house roofs. I love that they broke through. It says, when they saw their faith, Jesus said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven. And as we look at this passage, you're going to see that Jesus actually answered the greatest need first. Many people would look and say, well, Jesus, why didn't you just heal the guy right then and there? Because on the outside, that's what he needed. But most of us would believe that he needed to be healed. But our greatest need is to be right with God. Our greatest need is to be right with God. And when he looked at the faith of those other men laying him down, he looked at the man and said, your sins are forgiven. It was because of their faith. Because of the men's faith. Because of what Jesus, what Jesus said to this man laying on the mat. Your sins are forgiven. And as soon as he makes this comment, that new crowd that I talked about started saying stuff like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is this that speaks blasphemy? Who is this that can forgive sins but God alone? Because when they looked at Jesus, they didn't see Jesus as a son of God. They saw him as someone who was trying to take their place in the religious law. And he looks at these people, and he says this question, he says, why do you question in your hearts? Today, I want to ask a question to all of us. Why am I questioning in my heart what God is doing in my life? Sometimes we can question, like, God, why, why are you really doing this? God, why didn't you do this to me? And we, we, is this real, God? Like, are you really going to heal me? God, what is going on? And we can start questioning some things that could happen in our lives. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus has the authority on earth. One of the great things about this story is you're going to read... That when Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven, he looked at the man again. And he said, he says, I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed, and go home. Rise up, pick up what you were laying on, pick up this mat, pick up this bed, and go home. And one of the best things about this passage is his response. See, so many times God has put a word in your life. He, he has said something to you like, hey, I've got a plan for you. I've got something in store for you. And this is what I want you to do. This man, his response is so much different than, some of our, than ours sometimes. Because sometimes we can sit back and hesitate and be like, God, did you really say to get up? God, I don't know if I can get up right now. I don't know. I, I've been paralyzed for 20 years, for 30 years. I don't know if I can move. I, I've never, I haven't moved my legs in a long time. I haven't moved my arms. Like, I don't know if I can do this. But Jesus tells him, he says, to get up. The first thing he says, he says, to get up. 
And his response is this. He says, and immediately he got up. He got up because he was believing in what Christ can do in his life. Today, someone needs to just get up and not wait around. What are you waiting for? Quit waiting for someone else to pull you up off the couch, right? Get your lazy butt up and do what God has called you to do and do it immediately. You're forgiven. You have been set free. You're a new person. Sometimes we lay on the map because we're remembering the past. We're remembering who we used to be. Like, there's no way God can love me that much. There's no way that I can be able to overcome what, what, of all the bad things that I've been going through. There's no way. But God is in the business of changing lives. And it says, it says, and amazement seized them all, and they glorified God. The young man gets up immediately, takes up his mat, what he's been laying on, goes home glorifying God. I could just see him like skipping, like, woo, yes, right? Because he's excited about what God brought him out of and where God's going to continue to take him. Sometimes we can get off the mat and not be so excited, be like, well, I thought you were going to do that anyway, God. But we got to be able to get excited because he said he got up and he's glorifying God. Glorifying God. Giving him all the praise. And not only is it he that is glorifying God, but because of what happened, everyone else around, seeing the miracle that happened on the mat, is also in awe and glorifying God. See, Jesus is still in the business of putting lives back together today. Jesus is still healing the sick. He is still forgiving, of your, sin, forgiving your sins. He is still doing what he's always done. It just takes you and I to be able to say, God, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I know that I made mistakes in my life, but, but I want to be able to fulfill the calling in my life. These four crazy friends, these four crazy guys, who looked at an obstacle and said, I know it seems like there's no way. I know that it seems like I can't do it anymore. They looked at all of those, those mountains in their way and they decided that I can we can still do it. The amazing part about this was that these four men who were grabbing this mat they were, they had a mission. And I'm thankful for the friends that I've had in my life who continued to help me get to where I'm at today and who will continue to help me get to where God has, for, what God has for me. But I look at these friends and, and it's so easy that if one of the friends decided to just give up, what would happen? 
if one of the guys on one of the corners decided to just go the other way? Like, no, no, I'm not going, I'm scared of heights, I'm not going on the roof. What would have happened? But these four friends knew what God had and knew that they wanted to get their friend to Jesus. They were four crazy friends that wanted to see their friend healed. As we get ready to close here this morning, a friend is a great blessing to have. A friend who's willing to take you to Jesus to do whatever they have to do to get you to Jesus is beyond its value. But being a friend who will do whatever it takes to get your friends to Jesus, the way that these crazy four friends carried their friend to Jesus is even better. So this morning, I want to just share with you as we getting ready to close is how do you carry a friend to Jesus? I believe the first thing that we have to do is that we have to pray for your friends and family. To pray for your friends, for your family. Being able to just Lift them up, their needs. And I'm, I'm more than just like, hey, well, yeah, let me just pray real fast. Okay, God bless them. Amen. Taking time, quality time, to be able to pray for your friends and for your family. Carry their needs to the Lord. Stand in faith with them and, and stand in the gap for them. When someone walks up to you and says, hey, listen, I'm dealing with this. Would you pray with me? So many times we're like, yeah, I'll keep you in my prayer. See you, bye. But I would challenge you today to pray. Pray for your family. To pray for your friends and what that looks like. They have prayer needs just, as you, just like you do. Their finances, their relationships. Pray. I think the second thing that we need to do if we want to be able to carry our friends to Jesus is we need to live with urgency. As we read this story... We're going to read that the, the four men are, are taking their friend to Jesus. And when they got to the crowd, when they, when they said there was no way, I started to think about the story for a moment. Why didn't they just wait for the crowd to disappear? Right? They could have easily just, hey, man, we're still here with you. But... We're just going to wait. We'll, we'll put you in a nice, comfortable spot. We're going to wait for their line to calm down a little bit. But I believe that because they were living a life 
where they were just urgent to get their friend to Jesus. They wanted to do whatever they could do to live that life, to, to live that sense of urgency. Every person and every moment matters to Jesus. Every person, every child, every mother, every father is important to Jesus. And if we are just living in this kind of mentality like, man, I can always do it tomorrow. My grandmother always told me tomorrow never comes. But we can have them in. Well, I'll just wait till tomorrow. I'll just kind of wait until something else happens. Today, I would encourage you, I would challenge you to live with urgency because we don't, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And there are lives that still need Jesus today. Your family members, your brothers, your sisters, your co-workers, they need Jesus today. They don't need for you to wait and, and for next week or so to get back. They need Jesus today. I believe also is that we need to show them Jesus. It is very important to tell them about Jesus. But I think it's, so, it's very effective to also show them Jesus. You may be the only Bible that they will ever read. Your actions... Your words, the way you're living your life could be the greatest thing that they ever, or the, the closest thing that they ever get to until they meet Jesus. See, Jesus is the only one who can, who can forgive them of their sins, who has the power to save them. But your story, your example, your life can bring them to him. Show them who Jesus is in your life. We should absolutely witness to our friends. And I don't mean grabbing a big old Bible and walking around and be like, do you know Jesus? They're like, no, and you just smack them across the face. <laughs> I mean, if they need that, then you give it to them, right? But we don't want to just do it like that. I want to live my life in a way that they're asking me, how am I living that life? Why am I always happy? I'm not saying that life is always happy. But I have Jesus. And with Jesus, I can be happy. Because I choose to be happy. And I want them to start asking the question like, Chad, why are you just so like crazy all the time? You're like, oh. Because I know a man. I know this man who, when I was lost, he found me. When I was hurting, he healed me. When I didn't know what to do, he showed me the way. And his name is Jesus. The last thing I want to share with you this morning is this, to never, never give up. 
don't give up. Because you don't know what could happen. I'd encourage everyone in here, don't give up. Well, I've been trying for a while. Keep going. But, but Pastor Chad, you don't understand. You don't understand what's been going on, and, and you don't understand how, how, how hard it is. I would tell you to don't give up. Because I'm thankful for the people who didn't give up on me. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those people not giving up on me. And someone is going to be thankful that you didn't give up on them. That you kept praying for them. That you kept inviting them to church. I remember hearing a story one time of a young man who came up to me. And he says, listen, I just, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, my friend here invited me to church hundreds of times. And he said, he goes, it got to the point that I was actually getting mad at him because I kept telling him, no, no, no. I was getting mad at him because he would not stop inviting me. And he said, finally, I just, I just gave in. And I said, fine, I'll go with you to church. And he looked at me and goes, it was the greatest decision I've ever made. And I'm thankful that he kept doing it. Even when it felt like he could have easily gave up and said, you know what, God, I tried. I'm glad Jesus never gave up on me. And there are men and women who still need to know who Jesus is. There are men and women who need to know the love, who need to be forgiven, who still need to know Jesus. So please, church, don't give up. They're not too far gone because Jesus can still reach them. Never stop having the faith Never stop believing of what God can do. He's right here. Jesus is right here. Maybe today you need to start tearing that roof off. Because your friends, your friends need Jesus. And you're the only connecting link to get them there. The man in the gospel, the story that we read today, he's paralyzed, which means there's no way he can get to Jesus unless someone brings him. So who are you bringing to Jesus today? Who are you bringing to Jesus our job here on earth is, is to know who Jesus is and to share that with everyone. 
Who are you bringing the Jesus today? Who are you bringing to be in his presence? If you're asking, if you're saying, I, I don't know if I have anyone, I believe that you do. We just got to expand a little bit more. Your neighbor, your employer, your employee. Jesus can change everything. Lives can be healed. Hope can be found. Chains will be falling off. Because Jesus, you can change everything. My challenge to you today is who are you bringing to Jesus? And just because you bring them to church one time and they don't come back to be like, well, I tried. Like, it's on them. No, keep going. Keep believing. Because there are people that need you to believe in them. They need you to help them get to Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, dear Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, God, for, for what you've done for us, Jesus. And I thank you, God, for what you're continuing to do in our lives. And today, Jesus, I pray. First of all, if there is someone in here who was brought to you today and they don't know who you are, that today they would accept you as their Lord and personal Savior. They would say today, God, come into my life. It's very easy just to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. I accept you. I'm also praying, God, for those people that have been trying. They feel like they, they've been going and going and they, they, they're getting fatigued. They're getting tired. And they just kind of want to give up. I pray that today they wouldn't give up. They would notice that you're almost there. It looks like there's no way. But I'm here to tell you that there is a way. Just keep going. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep inviting. Keep going. Don't give up. Because God, you change everything. Jesus, you change everything. Lord, we thank you for everyone that is here today. Maybe you just need to ask God today, what do I need to change in my life, God? God, what do I need to change in my life? 
Show them Jesus. Pray for them. Live with that sense of urgency and don't give up. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have been doing in our lives. We give you all the praise and the glory. In your name we pray, Jesus.